Welcome to the Unbecoming Podcast, where you can join me, Stephanie Baranowski, in an authentic, personal perspective of my expat journey and my many travel adventures. Grab a beverage of your choice, set yourself up in a cozy environment, and be prepared to be inspired. Each episode, I open up my personal narrative of what it's like to unbecome everything you once were in order to become everything you were meant to be. Let's dive in, head first, eyes closed, and a strong cup of faith. October 22nd, 2022. The day I moved into my long-term flat in London, it had been a wild ride since I landed in London to find a long-term flat. I had been in and out of Airbnbs, and it was exhausting mentally, emotionally, financially, I didn't feel grounded. I didn't feel stable. I felt like in a moment's notice, my whole world could be lifted. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified that I was going to end up on the streets. My friends at Lululemon were amazing. And they were 100% there for me. When I tell you that getting my job at Lululemon was an amazing blessing, it truly was. There was times where my Airbnbs would cancel on me last minute. And the policy in Airbnb is kind of interesting. I actually have come to not really like Airbnb all that much. So the people in London, the thing you have to worry worry about in London is not necessarily getting mugged, although cell phones get stolen out of your hands all the time. Um, Well, not all the time, but you have to look out for it. But people aren't aggressive here physically. Like you don't have to worry about somebody coming up to you and mugging you or anything here. Just people keep their distance, their space that way. But what you do have to look out for is fraudulent activity. So people that are looking to basically fraud you out of your own money. And people on Airbnb had, I guess, found loopholes with Airbnb. And so there was this trend happening that... You know, people were taking advantage of Airbnb in a sense, and they were putting up rooms on Airbnb that shouldn't have been up, or they were using it as an opportunity to make money, um, but they knew Airbnb's policies, so they knew that if you canceled, they'd still get a portion of your money. So I discovered this very, very fast within my Airbnb experience, and I was terrified I was terrified that if I book this next Airbnb, is it legit? What am I walking into? Am I going to be uh, like a victim of fraud here? Like I never knew what to expect. I felt like at least in Canada, there was always some sort of safety net around fraudulent activity. And very rarely in my entire life in Canada, did you ever have to worry about that? Did you have to worry about the physicality of you know, people, yes, like I walking the streets of Winnipeg, I always, especially downtown Winnipeg, I always had to look out for, you know, what kind of people were around me, just being aware of my environment and making sure that I was protecting myself and I wasn't walking out late at night by myself or anything. But here in London, you really have to look out for those fraudulent activities. And so I was terrified as I went through this experience and 
how do you how do you tell people at home that this is what you're experiencing? Like I actually felt so embarrassed to even talk about this at home in Winnipeg because I knew I had hyped up my journey and my travels so much before I left and I hyped it up on social media that how was I going to tell people that I was a victim of fraud a couple times where I lost out on money. I had so much anxiety in me that I was going to end up on the streets because my Airbnb fell through for some reason and I I, you know, what am I, what am I going to do in a foreign city? It's not like I can call up my best friend and be like, hey, I'm in trouble. Can I just come sleep at your house? Like, that doesn't exist here. I did have a very, very lovely friend, though, at Lulu. Um, she actually worked adjacent to Lulu at Sweaty Betty, and um, we had made friends with um, the other Sweaty Betty uh, staff members and if nobody at home in Canada knows what Sweaty Betty is it's basically the the UK version of of Lululemon um this lovely lovely girl my one day at work I was so distraught and I looked up and I said she she asked me she's like are you okay and I looked up at her and I said no my Airbnb got cancelled that's 500 pounds that I don't have now in my bank account. And I can't get that money back because uh, Airbnb has a policy that they will not return your money within 14 days. And I have to book this next Airbnb, but I'm scared. What if I book it and it doesn't go through again? She's like, well, Steph... If you absolutely need my help, she's like, call me first thing in the morning. You can come stay with me. Okay, I, there was a plan. I felt a little bit more secure. Um, what an amazing girl, really. An amazing and a blessing to have in my life, to, to have her in this foreign country. And, you know, we had only just met months prior. And all of a sudden, she's, you know, wanting to help me out. I book my next Airbnb and I did not get a reply. I put the money forward because Airbnb wants you to put money forward to secure the booking. So again, another thousand pounds going towards this Airbnb and it falls through the next day. So now I have a thousand pounds tied up in Airbnb that I can't access for two weeks. For two weeks, I have a thousand pounds. And the, for Canadian people, that's about, I would say about uh, $1,600, $1,700 Canadian. It's a significant amount of money that I cannot access. And I'm going to have to go through hoops, uh, leaps and hoops in order to contact Airbnb in order to refund them my money. And at the time, I was still transferring money back and forth between my Canadian and my UK account. And it takes about five days to transfer more money over. I hadn't discovered WISE just yet for transferring money. So those of you who are traveling and you living the expat life, WISE, if you do not have a WISE account, it's amazing. Get a WISE account. 
Um, but I had a thousand pounds tied up. I called her. I called her first thing. I said, you know what? I, I actually really do need your help. I, I, I don't know where else to go. And, and this is, you know, I'm really scared that I'm, if I try this a third time, that I'm just going to have more money to keep tied, being tied up in Airbnb. And it, it's making me feel really not okay. I, I'd already known that I was moving into my long-term place in October because I had already signed the tenant agreement. So it really just had to endure going through a little bit more of an Airbnb adventure before I got there. She said, yes, you can stay with me. You can stay with me for a week. Let's try and figure out how to get your money back and give you enough time to transfer like more money over from Canada into your UK account so that you feel a little bit more secure, that you have a good place. Don't worry about it. This is going to give you an opportunity, a weak opportunity to kind of like figure things out. What a blessing. Really, truly, what a blessing. I had this amazing girl in front of me. I, I, I don't even know how to thank her enough, really. If she's listening, I really don't know how to thank her enough. So again, I, in, I stayed for a week and then I endured another week and a half of more Airbnb. Just I only had one more Airbnb left. So I stayed there for a week and a half. And then I got into my new place. When I landed in my new place, I felt a sense of relief. I felt like I could actually breathe and think. And I no longer felt like I had to be on edge or feel worried. There was in me this sense of like overwhelmingly wash of peace over top of me. Like I just came into my bedroom, my new place. I just sat on my bed and I sat there for half an hour just absorbing the peace that I felt being in my new place. There's nothing worse than being... A girl in a brand new country with no relational ties, nothing, having three suitcases worth of stuff, two plus a bag, really, having literally nothing, um, being a victim of fraudulent activity and being bounced around all over the city. Boy, do I know London pretty well, or at least within the vicinities that I've, I've gone to for the Airbnbs. And then finally coming home to my long-term flat. And my flatmate, if she's listening, um, she's a wonderful girl, very inviting, and it was very peaceful. And I felt very welcomed and accepted and loved being here. It was exactly what I needed after <laughs> enduring months and months of going back and forth in Airbnbs. So when I landed in London, I landed beginning of June. And from June till basically mid-October to late October, I had to endure going through many short-term flats or short-term places. 
it was exhausting because the economy here is not the best for living situations. Um, in fact, people live quite uh, different here. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's a hustle and bustle place or, you know, there's other things going on under the surface, maybe psychologically with people. But what I found in these different Airbnbs, and I got a whole like variety of them. There was some Airbnbs that were so meticulously clean to the point where like I had to take my shoes off at the entrance and they had to be placed in a bin, which is, or not a bin, a placed in like a cabinet area out of the way. The floors were marble, beautiful. Everything was meticulously cleaned. And that was my ideal place I needed to be in because my condo that I lived in in, in Canada, in Winnipeg, was so clean you could eat off the floors. And I had a dog. Always clean. And then coming here to London, you either got the really, really clean, meticulous Airbnbs or... I walked in and I remember thinking to myself, where am I? How long do I have to live here for? And um, what what is this? What is this here? Um, I, yeah, some really interesting places. And uh, cleanliness is not top on the priorities list of London, that's for sure. I... Can't stress it enough how I would never want to raise a family here in an environment like that. Um, I don't want to raise a family where I have to share a flat with people. Like, yes, I know it's a little bit more cost effective, but I want my own home. And I guess maybe that's where the spoiled Canadian in me comes in. But I mean, growing up in your own home and, and a nice size, big size home or even if it's like a condo, but it's like a big size condo to raise a family or to be coupled up in is such a blessing. And a lot of people here in London don't live that way and they don't get the opportunity to live that way unless you live in the outskirts of London or unless you live out of London completely in the towns out of London. That's where prices are less expensive and, uh, You have more like, kind of like a small town vibes feel. But London living, it's very expensive. And the living situation is not ideal at all. Like not in the least bit. I come to, I've come to appreciate my home city, my home country that much more. Don't get me wrong. I love this adventure. I'm growing and I'm learning so much, but I am realizing that what we see on the outside isn't necessarily what is on the inside. And so London is one of those romanticized cities, just as much as New York City is romanticized. And uh, if you've read my first book, I talk about this a lot, about how New York is very romanticized in Hollywood and pop culture, but so is London as well. London is very romanticized in pop culture and in movies, Hollywood movies. And what I've discovered is, yes, there's this very cool outer perception of London, but in the depths of London, you really see 
the really not so ideal living situations of people. And I'm talking about flats that have easily like six different people in, living in them. And they're not even related necessarily. It's, it's people that are living the expat life that have no choice but to live with flatmates because London is so expensive. And especially right now going through a recession and with inflation, um, it's, it's even more inaccessible for people. You know, I talk with my coworkers and, and some of my coworkers are from, you know, South Africa or from the United States or from Singapore or from uh, many places, Ireland, many, many places. And they're all coming here to London to live this life that they wanted to live, whether they came for love or they came for artistic opportunity or they came because they needed a change or because they have family here, whatever the reason for coming to London. But there's a common thread amongst all these people, which is that it's very hard and you have to very much budget, you know, how much you're going to spend on food and whether or not you should have your heating on or not. Or, hey, I have enough money to be able to buy myself these brand new Lululemon leggings that I've been really wanting. And I see that and I it makes me so sad because living in Canada, yeah, there's moments where you probably should be taking care of your finances a little bit more, but you really don't have to worry that much. And uh, yeah, Canada is hit with inflation at the moment as well, but you really don't have to worry that much. There's still a lot of places in Canada where you can find affordable living, especially in my home city of Winnipeg. Are the prices going up? Yeah, but... When it comes to London, the difference is the quality of living. So are prices going up in, in Winnipeg and in all over Canada? Yes, but the quality of living is still there. So you still have a nice place to live. You can still afford a place all on your own if you want to, your own apartment, your own condo. Um, buying a house isn't super hard. Buying a, a brand new house for the first time you just need five percent of the cost for deposit plus your uh, legal fees whereas here in London people don't really buy all that often because it's so expensive and people end up living in flats with multiple flatmates so I'm here in my new place and I'm feeling more grounded and I'm feeling more settled and that's the key word is settled which is interesting because I never knew how much I appreciated the word until I came and went through that experience. And for me, I was already settled in Winnipeg. I mean, I had friends, I had family, I had a nice condo, I, you know, had two university degrees, I could get whatever job I wanted. It it really didn't matter to me. I was very much settled and I was excited about this idea of not being settled and exploring the world and traveling the world and exploring what it's like to live the expat life and, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And I had lived it for a little bit, but it wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be with all my Airbnb experiences. And in fact, the idea of settling felt amazing. I was over the moon 
joyed about feeling grounded and feeling like I had a stable home to come to and in a nice area. I don't know how I landed living here in Canary Wharf in this really nice bougie area where I walk out my front door and there's the river. It's very surreal every every day. Every day I leave and come back I walk beside the river and it's very peaceful and water is very healing. The sound of it, the look of it you drink water, it's very healing. When you cry, crying out that, those tears is healing, right? For the soul, for the body. Water is so healing and so it was so necessary for me to live beside the river in Canary Wharf. I'm feeling the sense of, I live here. This is my home. This is where I come back to at the end of the day when I've had a really long day. And there's predictability in my flatmate. I only have one flatmate, which is also really unheard of in London. I only have one. She's a nice girl. We have good conversation. You know, we give each other space when needed. We engage in certain activities together when needed. She's become a good, good friend. And this is exactly what I needed to be settled, to feel like I'm at home, to feel like I have a place that gives me peace and grounding to come to at the end of the day, which is ironic because I'm living the expat life, which is uprooting yourself, right? But there's there was this peace in me that, that, that was missing that I needed to have to ground myself. And I think when I really think about it, what does it mean to be grounded? What does it mean to have a place where I can come to that's grounding? Well, it's a place that makes me feel safe. It's a place that feels comfort. It's a place where I feel like I can sit with myself in my thoughts and my emotions and feel the energy of peace around me. I go to bed peaceful. I wake up peaceful. There's not an ounce of insecurity or anxiousness around me. The energy from my flatmate is peaceful. It's just a very peaceful place. And in order for me to find grounding, I need to be in a peaceful place. And I think to myself, where have I, where have I found that before? Well, of course, I found it in my old place, in my old condo in Winnipeg. I felt a sense of peace and grounding in the home. But where else? My yoga mat. When I'm on my yoga mat, that's my space. That rectangle space is my space where I feel safe. And I feel like I have space and peace to be with myself to tune into my inner core, to my inner authenticity, and to give myself time to cultivate peaceful energy in myself and rejuvenate from whatever environment I found myself in that day. So my challenge to you this week, as always, there's always a challenge. How can you find 
grounding and peace? What brings you grounding and peace? What is the environment? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like in your place where you find the most grounding? And I want you to go to that place today. Find that place that gives you grounding and peace and just spend a little time there and notice what about this place gives me grounding and peace? What about this place gives me an opportunity to feel at home with myself? Is it a place in your home? Is it your yoga mat? Or is it another different place that gives you that sense of grounding and peace within where you feel safe and you feel settled and you feel like you're at home with yourself? As always, thank you for tuning in and listening in and sharing and showing your support. Press the subscribe button to get updates on new episodes every Friday. They come out every Friday. And as always, I'm so open and welcome to any feedback that you have, any comments, or if you want to share your story, send me a little message in my DMs, email me if you like. Uh, leave a comment, um, your choice, yogi's choice, <laughs> I like to say in my yoga classes or, you know, podcast listeners choice. Um, but uh, have a great week ahead and uh, we'll connect soon. Take care.